What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. All right, good people. We are back at it again, and this time, me and the mad scientists are more than ready to go down to Florida and take over, well, if that is <laughs> You know how it goes. So, what's going on, Dave? How's it going for you? What's up, Mike? Hi, guys. Glad to be back again. Hey, that's it. Well, you know, you're a permanent fixture now, so the co-host seat is yours. <laughs> well, I'm happy to be here every time. I enjoy it. Enjoy yeah. talking with everyone. Um, talking about guns, talking about shooting, talking about our sport. I, I've had a good time. Hey, I always have a good time, especially when I'm talking about anything that interests me. And it doesn't necessarily have to be guns. It's just a lot of times when I'm holding a conversation with people, I like to open minds and get people to look at things from a different perspective. There are many angles, yeah. Even, you know, in our sport and, and everything. Well, you know, um, speaking on many different angles, you want to talk about that new blaster that you got? <laughs> oh, man. Yes, I would. <laughs> I wish I could show it. Can I show it on the podcast? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to telepathically pass an image to everyone through the podcast. It's not going to work, but well, I got, I'll, help I, uh, I'll help you out. So I'll do this. Okay. Um, you're listening to the podcast now. If you go to M-W Tactical's Facebook page, you will see this new blaster that oh, the bad have. Yes. Yes, sir. There's an image of it there. No, it's a, it's a Limcat custom uh, open gun that I ordered uh, last summer. Wow. Um, and, and actually, you know, w- within the custom gun world – um it it didn't take that long to get to to get here you know to get in my hands it was like six or seven months um i just saw a facebook post at the uh phoenix trinity they're looking at like 10 to 12 to 14 months um infinity custom guns they're at you know they're at about the same thing a year to 18 months and you know, a lot of these guys are uh, they're staying busy, which is great. All um, right, it's yeah. great for everyone. But the Limcat has been building some fantastic, you know, race guns, competition guns for for years, longer than than any of these other guys even. But um, they've they've got their stuff figured out, and I um, I talked with Julian Lim um last summer and, and we got uh it's I, I did a full custom build and we got some some ideas and, and designs and and you know some uh, mechanical stuff that that i kind of like and stuff i wanted in my gun um and it actually surprisingly i don't know maybe maybe it's not surprisingly with with limcat because this is the first time I've, I've ordered from them but surprisingly for me and, and my experience with customer service, the gun came in exactly the way I wanted it. 
<laughs> and I was completely happy with it. I, I did have to adjust the thumb thumb safety to just fit fit my grip a little bit. But other than that, um, it's exactly what we talked about and what I wanted. And and that just I don't know if it's just a, a trend nowadays, man, but it seems like customer service has just gone by the wayside and, and I I was impressed. I am impressed and, and um the gun shoots great. It is uh it's fast. It's it's a little bit lighter than what I'm used to, what what my other guns are, but it's it's stable. And um I really like it. I'm looking forward to getting some more rounds through it this weekend at um the training class with uh Kita Bussy, a movement movement training class in Florida. Nice. So before we move on to the next topic, which is the training class, um, can you verbalize what it will take to actually get a custom gun that fits you? So for me, if I was to order a custom gun, I will have to come to someone like you and say, okay, help me do this, whereas the gun will fit me, just like you made my gun yeah. tiny and everything work for me. Yeah, and, and it's a little hard at first um, without having experienced the different components of, uh, you know, we're talking about 2011 guns here, custom mm -hmm. race guns, but you, without ever having experienced a 2011 gun, you, it would be really difficult to just approach a, a gun builder and tell them what you want um, because you haven't tried anything. There's so many components that are it's so customizable to just fit you you know fit your hands perfectly and and your grip and and there's so much that it's a custom gun it's made to fit you right so it, it's really hard to uh verbalize that and to even know what you want or what you need without you know a little bit of experience in it but um you know you you can kind of build a a, a basic gun a basic 2011 and what i like to do when I, when i help people you know in locally in the area i'll i'll put something together and i won't you know like reduce the grip or reduce the size of the, of the thumb safeties or anything at first i'll leave it all you know full size and, and we'll see you know where where that particular shooter needs a little bit of customization in the grip or the thumb safeties or trigger length, tr you know, or, or whatever, tr pull weight or, or whatever to fit that shooter. It's really individual and it's, it's, um, it, it's, it's a process. It really is. It's, it's not something, unless you're really experienced and, and know what you want in a gun, it's not something you can just go, Hey, I want this and build it. Um, but could, I, yeah, I don't know if that makes any sense or not. No, it, it makes perfect <laughs> sense because like when I first started shooting competition, I was using MMP, and the only thing I did to the MMP, custom wise, was I changed out the trigger, I put stippling on it, and then I sent it off to um, a company that did a complete overhaul of it. You know, so it made it almost like a race gun on the polymer side of things. Yeah, and there are guys that do that. Yeah, and then um, the next gun that I used for competition was the Walther Q5 that I still love today. And mm -hmm. even I still talk to my people at Walther and I'm 
trying to get them to make some form of a Walther limited race gun. It, they make great guns, and the Q5 is a great gun. Yes, but if they can make the Q5 in a 20 stack, I mean a double stack, you know 40, what I'm saying? 40 caliber. 40 caliber? Oh my goodness, I think that will kill it. But the science it takes to do all that good stuff. So Yeah. Um, but then I turned around and I ended up getting the STI um, in 40 cal. And that's what I'm shooting now as far as the competition gun, just to keep up with everybody as far as points. And when I got that gun, I actually came to you and said, hey, I know nothing about this platform. I never dealt with the 1911, 2011 before. Help me out. And you sat down and gave me a class on how to take it apart, put it back together, yeah. how to clean it. And then that conversation a couple of weeks later went even further, whereas you was talking about how this spring can do so much more. And I'm like, hold on, that spring is in the, the grip. <laughs> how the hell how does that work? Yeah, it's <laughs> so then, it's it's a whole different realm from from your production guns, from your Glocks and your M and P's and your Walters and, and and that kind of thing. When you start getting into race guns, they're basically 1911s, but they're built for racing and and if you, you can really compare it to kind of the 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 mentality and in, in, in what goes on with actual like car racing right um and engine building you get to uh you know super high performance engines that use the lightest materials possible and they're running as fast as possible and they're right on the edge of either working really well or exploding so it's, yeah. <laughs> you know, like the, the drag racers, they, uh, the, the guys that use the, the, uh, what are they, nitromethane, the top fuel drag racers, they, they completely rebuild the engine between every race. You know, fortunately we don't have to do that with our guns, but it's the same kind of thing when, when you start getting at the, the, the limit of, of performance of, of anything mechanical, um, you know, it, it becomes a different ball game. Yeah. And, to even put it in perspective for people who might not understand like the dialogue of what we're talking about, Tom Powers, he was short ammo at one match. And I told him, cause you know, every match I try to take 300 rounds with me mm -hmm. and I was, I have plenty of rounds for you. And he was like, I appreciate it. So they won't when got, yeah, when we got to the last stage, that was the problem. And my recipe is the same as his, exactly like his, but my rounds wouldn't work in his firearm. Yeah. So. You get into the realm of, of the, the custom gun world and, and everything has to be precise. Tuned, yeah. Tune just right. And uh, when it's there, it is amazing. It is so much fun to shoot. You cannot run a better gun. Um, sometimes it can be tedious and, and, and aggravating, but when it's there, man, there's nothing better than shooting a, a tuned gun with the perfect load. It, now, it's fantastic. That first day when we was, um, dealing with the spring and we was trying to figure out the recoil spring to put in there. Yeah. And when you explained all that to me, I'm driving home. I'm like, he's talking about timing i mean the gun is gonna do what it's gonna do but then <laughs> yeah. of course after a week or two it started making more sense to me and 
the way I correlated it was more like a dance. So if I'm dancing with somebody and they're on rhythm and I'm on rhythm, it's going to work its way to be in a harmony together. Ooh, I like that. I like yeah. that analogy. Yeah. And so like if you don't have the rhythm and I'm dancing on rhythm, it's not going to work very well. Something's no. going to mess up. <laughs> yeah. I like and, that a lot. Yeah, and that's how I, I correlated it. And a lot of times, if you look at how I step going into a certain array, I'm stepping in the rhythm of how what the gun is doing. And that's, that's what I'm pretty much looking at and how I move sometimes. You know, it's kind of weird how that conversation translated to, oh, let me, you know, dance with the gun. <laughs> that's I, pretty much what I, I talk about. I've never heard it put like that, but I don't think it's weird at all because that, you know, that is kind of what you have to learn the, the rhythm of the gun. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's something that most people don't have to worry with. If you're, if you're just a, you know, a casual gun owner, you, you, or you shoot occasionally to just maintain your skills, but we're, we're trying to compete and run these guns as fast as we can. We're racing. Correct. Uh, and really, I mean, that's what it is. I don't, I don't think a lot of people get that. Um, I didn't when I first started shooting. This is racing. We're racing with guns. And um, every little bit of uh, anything you can do to that gun to, to, to help it run quicker, faster, easier, smoother is going to help you in your race. And uh, it is kind of like dancing. And when, when you're learning the rhythm of the gun and, and, and the way it acts, um, I've never heard it put, like, put that way, but I like it. Yeah, You know what we should do? We should put on a fundraiser and call it Dancing with the Bangs <laughs> or Dancing with the Pews. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to work on the terminology for that one. But yeah, that just hit me. It just I've got hard. some. Uh, my wife has some tutus. I, I might wear. I might wear one of her tutus that she's made. Uh, you on your own on that one, Dave. I'm, <laughs> I'm wearing proper pants and a M-W tactical so, t-shirt. <laughs> we used to do these uh, these 5K races at uh, Fort Gordon here at the, the Army base in Augusta, Georgia. Right. And uh, they would always have some sort of theme with, with the races. And, and one of them we would do every year was uh, – what they called it like it was tutus for cancer or something like that. We we would all wear pink tutus and run and, and, and raise money to help, you know, cancer awareness and stuff like that. So I have been known to wear a pink tutu. <laughs> <laughs> I just said that on the podcast here. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say that publicly, but you just did. <laughs> all right. So moving forward and we're talking about racing the guns being a race and or a dance in comparison. One thing we have talked about since last week is everything in relation to with training. And you're about to do this training with Keita Bussey, who is going to be on the interview portion at this podcast here in a little bit. And I'm curious to see how this is going to work out. Whereas you're going to get time taken off of your run, all off your movement and somebody analyzing that. So, yeah, this is my first time with like one-on-one -on -one training, personal training with her. But um, I have worked with her previously with she offers um, a video review. Hmm. Um, so so what she just asked is like a full body image of you running a stage 
Um, so she can look at your footwork. She, you know, she, she, she sees your whole body and, and what your arms and legs are doing and moving in and out of positions. And, and she's, I don't know what software she uses, but she's got something where she can, she can pause it and slow-mo it. And she, she does some, uh, commentary and she can draw on the video and you know if you got a foot placement that's weird she'll draw a little arrow on the on the video and pointing to it or mm -hmm. or she'll do a little commentary through the whole video that you've sent her um for review and and i've done that with her a few times and she's helped me out greatly just just between uh, reviewing a few videos um she has a, a fantastic knowledge of just uh, just body mechanics and, and efficiency. And she's been able to point out a lot of stuff that I, I would, I didn't even notice reviewing my own videos. And I try to do that, you know, myself, I'll, I'll record stuff just for my own use. Um, and just look at the way I'm shooting and then moving and that sort of thing. And it was stuff I would have never picked out on my own. Yeah. And you know, in our conversation, not during the interview, it was after the interview, I had asked her if I was to send her a video and she pretty much said the same thing, but I expressed to her in the video, like I'm six foot five. So whoever's holding the camera got to stand back a little bit to get my legs and my body. And at the same time, it might take away from the video because if somebody was standing closer, who's a little bit shorter, you can see more of what the gun is doing versus that might take away from me because of my height. And she was like, she can work it, you know. Yeah, well, she's not really looking at the gun. Your, she's yeah, at she's it. not really worried about your shooting. I mean, she's a shooter, mm -hmm. and, and and this is the goal of of her instruction. But the main thing she's helping you with is your movement. Um, you, the shooting. If you want to go learn how to shoot, you can you can go, you know, somewhere else talk to somebody else about shooting. This this is not her class. She is super focused on your movement, uh, movement efficiency, in and out of positions, um, maintaining a stable shooting platform. Um, you know, just your your weight bias and uh, helping you move through a stage as efficiently and as quickly as possible. Um, she she's a shooter, you know. So I mean, this is the whole goal of it is to get you through a stage shooting you know, as quick as possible, but she, she's not gonna, gonna talk to you about, you know, basic marksmanship fundamentals and trigger pull and, and side alignment and that sort of thing. That's, that's not what she's doing. Right. And, um, but what I was saying about the gun, cause you know how you can step off one way and you might turn the gun. Like if you have a presentation, a freestyle presentation, yeah. and you, you're bringing the gun in to get your sprint off and, necessarily instead of you about to present the gun back out to shoot on that move mm -hmm. and that step you might can't your elbow up to try to get that extra momentum something like that you know sure but i mean she, she'd be able to see that from distance and and um you know she's really helped me out a lot in the little bit of video uh you know videos that i've sent her and um, we've had a little email uh, you know, conversation back and forth, uh, you know, working on stuff. And the stuff that she told me from our, our little video review was probably like some of the information you got from the Tim Heron class. It was not just something I could just decide to do. 
right. and walk out to the range and do it tomorrow. This was stuff I had to work on. Like this was a totally different approach from uh, what I was currently doing. I mean, my body movement was totally different. I, I really had to work on the stuff that she was was telling me about. Is that um, the reason why you said you want to run a little bit more because of whatever she expressed to you? What well, you just just mean like running like physical fitness wise in general? Is that what Correct. you're talking about? Correct. Yeah. Well, I I would just really like to drop about twenty pounds of weight this year, honestly. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and um, and I you know even if I don't do anything else with my shooting. I know that losing 20 pounds would help me move around faster. So it's a, you know, I, not necessarily running, but just anything I, you know, biking or just, I, I just want to get in a little bit better shape this year and, and anything to uh, help me along that way that, you know, I'm, I'm interested in. I'm hoping she can, I'm going to ask her if she can kind of give me some sort of a, a, a fitness plan I, I really do well with a structured plan mm -hmm. um we've talked about uh steve anderson's uh dry fire books and in the way he's got it structured before in some previous podcasts mm -hmm. and i i did really well with with his structured uh dry fire program and i'm hoping that maybe she can set me up with with something kind of like that um just you know, give me some sort of baseline that I can follow every day to, to you know, to help me get, get to where I want to go. Yeah. And you know, I was talking to a couple people I know who are personal trainers and I was pretty much asking about a fitness plan, a fitness structure and everything I've seen off of YouTube is, I feel is pretty outdated and, you could tell it was people trying to figure out what to do and how to do certain things. But everybody I spoke with that was a physical trainer, they was all like, I didn't know this even existed. So yeah. I'm giving everybody like videos and showing them what various people are doing far as shooting, you know, different stages <laughs> and all. So they can have a better understanding of what takes place within the sport of shooting. So I'm waiting to hear an answer back, and I'm curious to see <laughs> what they're going to say. Because one person just told me straight up, like they have no idea <laughs> where to approach it from. No, and, and most people don't. And you know, our sport, it in general is fairly new. I mean, if you're if you're looking at it just from like a, a popular sports uh, look, you know, baseball and football and soccer, you know, tennis, mm -hmm. everything they've been around forever. Um, you know, our sport hasn't been around that long and, and a lot of people, this, this is all kind of new, new stuff. We're all kind of trying to figure it out, um, along the way. Um, and, and Kita is one of the first people that have, have had some, you know, physical therapy, uh, training, schooling, and, and also, um, interested in the shooting sport and, and worked with people within our, you know, our sport and then kind of tried to put something together to, uh, for a, you know, a physical fitness plan and, and movement efficiency program. Right. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to, uh, some intensive training this weekend. It, it sounds like it's intensive. She 
suggest um, on the email she sent out before the class to take ibuprofen before the class starts <laughs> and, and after it's over. <laughs> yeah, so to kick in for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll see. I don't know really yeah. what's in store, but yeah. But now um, before we go any further, I do want to go ahead and let everybody know who's listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast that we're not going to have a show next week because that will be the week that we are leaving to go to Area 6, the championship. So we will pick it up the week after, and then we'll have a lot more stuff that we will talk about and a lot to cover, you know. We'll have a lot to go over, and I hope to see some of you guys out there at Area 6. It's a fun match, okay. not that far away. Yeah, so normally what I do is when I recognize people, I start taking pictures and, hey, you want to take a picture? And then, of course, a lot of people will ask about the podcast, and I just give invites to people. Hey, let's get you on. Let's figure out a day to get you on. Let's talk. Yeah, so um, the Area 6 Championship is a uh, USPSA Level 2 uh, match and it's uh this year it's at Volusia County Gun and Hunt Club. It's uh Gorka Ibanez and uh Manny Bragg run the range out there and they got the um area six championship this year. And um I've I've shot tons of their matches. They they do good matches and it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of fun. There's gonna be a lot of you know high level shooters there. But 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 even if you're not you know, a super high level shooter. This is still a match for you. It's a level two match, but I, you know, it just, it adds a little bit more excitement to it. There's, there's prize tables. There's there, you know, it's a, it's a larger group of shooters. So you can really kind of see, you know, how, how you stack up against, uh, you know, some of the shooters in the area. Don't be intimidated about going to level two match. Just come shoot it. That's it. Um, the easiest way to put it for it being a level two match, it's just a level one match that you shoot more rounds in some cases, but not necessarily, you know? Yeah. Well, there, there's generally, there's always going to be more stages. A level two is going to be 10 or 11 stages, something like that. For the most part, you know, your level one matches or five, six, seven stages, something like that. But yeah, I mean it's no different. If if you can shoot, you know what you're doing. It doesn't matter level one or two. It's just, there's just more stuff going on at a level too much, and it, it's just a little more fun. Yeah, I totally agree with that one. But now speaking of these various matches and various stages, you know another thought I had from the conversation we had last week with um, Solomon being on the show. Yeah, is that we should make it a regular thing to go to a different USPSA event outside of the regular area that we shoot and go deeper into um, Georgia, Tennessee, you know, anything within driving distance. So, you know, of course you can come back and still do the mad scientist stuff. I'd like that. Yeah, man, that would be, that would definitely be interesting in, in, uh, Give some people some some insight on the on the matches in the area if they're interested in trying them out. We can go try them out for you. Tell hey, me, tell you if they suck or not. <laughs> now, um, another one I wanted to talk to you about. I was actually thinking about doing the area match up in West Virginia. Which uh, is that? I think that's area that? eight. I think it's eight. area eight. Yeah. 
I had thought about that. One. I'm registered for the Area 5 match in Ohio. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I don't think I can make that Area 8 match, but I will check on it, and I will get when back it, to you. When is the Area 5 match? I don't know. I'll have to look. I'm registered for so many matches. <laughs> yeah, so... And like I said, the whole thing is, is if you actually shoot a USPSA match, the rules are the same regardless if you're in California, Virginia, Tennessee, Ohio. It doesn't matter. The rules are the same. Um, the standards are the same. The only difference is the stages are going to be different because you'll never shoot the same two stages um, at a match. But there are chances that you will run across the same classifier with the various matches that you go to. And um, if you're looking at local matches, yes, but the, the level two matches typically don't have classifiers. Right. Um, your classifiers are generally, um, you know, on, on the level one, like local matches, the national championship usually will introduce a new classifier or two before they're actually standardized classifiers and if they work well then they'll then they'll add them to the new you know classifier uh stages that you can shoot and and for the following year but most of your level two matches aren't going to have any classifiers so you get you get a fresh uh stage every every one that you go to but you know like like you were saying within the uspsa guidelines for stage design you're still going to know what to expect. All right. So like I said, it's pretty interesting. So if you haven't shot a USPSA match or you're interested in shooting a USPSA match, do a search for the local gun club in your area and reach out to them and ask questions and see if they actually host a USPSA match or even an IDPA match. And that kind of gives you a roundabout way of understanding the competition realm in a sense. But if you're willing to travel, please, you know, feel free to contact us and we will point you in the right direction and help you out as much as we can. Definitely. We're going to shoot with you if we can. Yeah, that, that's definitely a plan. That will be definitely a plan. So outside of um, the key to Bussy and Area 6, what else are you working on minus the new blaster that you have as well? So, yeah, I've got a uh, hopefully after the class with Keto this weekend, I'll, I'll get more accustomed to the new gun. And then we've got the Area 6 championship uh, two about two weeks from now. Um, then we're looking at the next major match is Battle at the Beach. South Carolina State Championship, the next one I'm registered for. It's in the middle of, or toward the end of April. Um, I might grab a couple local matches here and there, but I'm really wanting to try to focus uh, a lot on personal practice. Right. And, uh, you know, might might go to some locals to, uh, to test out some stuff. But I need to get some more practice in this year. Personally, it was kind of a goal of mine this year to, to just spend skip some local matches, spend some more time practicing and just trying to improve improve myself and, and, my, and my shooting. You know, I think that was part of my plan as well, because I was going to skip a couple local matches 
probably one or two a month for about three months and actually do still challenge. But after going to the Tim Heron class, you know, I'm saying I was like, okay, it answered a lot of questions that I didn't have to search for. So now I went ahead and put it back in my rotation to do those local matches. So if steel challenge, I it's it's introduced to a lot of people. I think at the beginning uh, that people that are interested in first learning about competition shooting, and it's a great way to to get introduced into it. Um, you know, you learn the range commands and and uh, you know the safety aspects of it, and you don't, there's almost no movement in in steel challenge. I think there's only two stages that just have a tiny bit of movement in it. It's just from like one box to another. Um, so it's a great way to get introduced to it, but I really enjoy it because it is extremely beneficial if, if you want to work on transitions. Um, if, if you need some work with your drawing from a holster, um, you know, if you're doing center fire, um, you have to draw from a holster. Um, pretty much the whole game is, you know, uh, transitions, side alignment, transitions, and trigger pull. Mm -hmm. And it is fantastic practice. So what I, I actually got really interested in competing with Steel Challenge um, a couple years ago, but one of the things after after that, after I, I got more interested in USPSA, I still like shooting Steel Challenge for the for that part of it. And, and I, I just approached it as practice. Like it is fantastic practice for transitions you know, on the clock, because that's what it is. You take one shot on, on each piece of steel, you transition to the next piece of steel as fast as you can and have a good side alignment and trigger pull on the next piece of steel. And if you need some practice with that, that is the perfect place to do it. Yeah. And that's what I was looking at because transitions is something that can help anybody's game as far as the shooting. Sure. At that help most people's game transitions right. are are where most people can can pick up a lot of time right so all right so what we're gonna go ahead and do is we're gonna go ahead and let our sponsors have a few words and we will be right back hey this is brian conley at hunters hd gold if you've never tried Hunters HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunters HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So. Check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. The Gun Cleaners. Our solvent is 
I think second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you still carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another. And you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there. Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com. Now we're going to go ahead and jump into a little bit of Word on the 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 We encourage everyone to go out and do some training with your firearm and just get familiar with and what you feel you need to work on to get better with it. For those of us who are into competition, please share the information of your club and your shooting event in your area so we can share the message. There are a number of level two matches for those serious enthusiasts in competition shooting in USPSA. There are too many to name, but if you head on over to USPSA.org and click on the Matches tab, you will see the many Level 2 and Level 3 matches that are being hosted around the nation. Another great resource is going to MatchSignUp.org and click on Major Matches and you will see the various matches that are being offered as well. Sign up for the higher rank matches and let's keep the momentum going for the sport. Kevin Dixie is hosting his second annual Teach and Learn event. It's a three-day event taking place on Memorial Day weekend, 22 through 24 May, in Lettington, Missouri, for those who are looking to become more involved in the shooting industry in some way. For those interested, you can sign up by going to eventbrite.com and searching NOC Second Annual Train and Learn event. Battle at the Beach is taking place 23 through 25 April. There are a few slots left, and if you contact the match director, Mike Fritz, at www.lowcountryuspsa.com, he will point you in the right direction to getting you to shooting Battle at the Beach. As of right now, the following current sponsors for Battle at the Beach are Red Hill Tactical, Red Stitch Targets, The Blue Bullets, Akai Custom Firearms, Hunter HD Gold, Outdoor Dynamics, Lucky Shot Firearms, Dunham Smithing, Law Offices of McLeod Ruffner, Premier Hearing Protection, Shooter's Connection, Lead Star Arms, Safari Land, Springfield Armory, Competition Electronics, Hornady, Mad Marlin Guns, Lock Grips, Techware, Steel Target Paint, Mark Prickett Target Stands, Midway USA, with more to be added. Visit www.lowcountryuspsa.com for more information. This Saturday, if you are in the South Carolina area, registration is open for those who are interested in doing some USPSA action in Augusta, Georgia. Head on over to Practice Score and look up Pontucky, then sign up and have fun doing some shooting USPSA style. If you would like for me and the crew to come out and shoot a USPSA match with you, email us at info at m dash wtactical.com and let's plan it out the gun cleaners our solvent is i think second to none our lube is second to none their lube's heavier than water 
which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially with concealed carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another. And you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there. Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm going to be. Come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing to Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. This week, we're going to have a discussion with Keita Bussey, a movement coach who is bringing a different approach to the shooting sport with a complete breakdown on how you move. If you are thinking along the same lines as myself, I could not wrap my mind around it how this can be done, but a few world-class shooters vouch for the outcome of Keita's teachings. Some things that were discussed about Keita after the interview is she is a veteran who served five years in the military who is giving back in a big way to the community with an organization she's a part of called Find Your Tribe, which helps wounded soldiers find their direction with hobbies like the shooting sports. She is an author and has a book you can purchase on Amazon called Smart Move, Economy of Motion for the Shooting Sports, and an active associate with the charity called Spec Ops Charity, in which they are raffling off a Harley-Davidson motorcycle in which the gas tank is autographed by Max Martini from the movie 13 Hours, Robert Patrick from the movie Terminator 2, and Gary Sinise from the movie Forrest Gump, who is also known as Lieutenant Dan. If you would like to partake in this raffle for the motorcycle, head on over to www.specopscharity forward slash Harley Fundraiser and get you a ticket for $10. The link information will be posted in the show notes for you also. That was a lot to process. And without keeping you waiting any longer, check out this conversation with Keita Bussey. All right, good people. Welcome back to the M-W Tactical Podcast. And we are here with somebody who is a pathfinder. And when I say this, she's taken an approach that nobody has ever taken in the realm of competition shooting before. I was honestly looking for this a while back, never heard of it because people had their own theories and own myths about how to do this, how not to do it. But this person is a professional and 
results are being founded by what she has came up with as far as her process to make you a better competition shooter with movement. Without further ado, I would like to welcome Keita Bussey to the M-W Tactical Podcast. How are you doing today, Keita? Good. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks hey. for having me on. That's it right there. So, um, like I was telling you earlier, my buddy Dave, Dave Lyle, who actually does this show with me, he was talking to me about you and stated like how you are helping him shave Tom as far as his movement, not so much shooting, just his movement alone. Um, can you explain to everybody about this way of teaching that you have developed? So basically it's eliminating any extraneous movement, any movement that you may be adding that doesn't need to be there that's leaking away time. So I watch for those things and help you cut those out. And another thing is I'm, well, I'm not a shooting instructor. I'm a movement coach, but at the same time, as your movement improves as a result of moving better, your shooting actually improves too, because you're getting down low, you're shock absorbing your sights with your legs, and it, you start shooting sooner. And you become more accurate because your sights are more stable. Okay, so now, for a lot of people who are probably not getting a clear picture, can you relate this to another sport for explanation so they can chime in on a folder that they're probably familiar with? <clears throat> okay, well, actually, Another thing that I teach is eye movement, too, because you go where you look. And that helps eliminate any extra movements that don't need to be there. Um, so Joan Vickers is a kinesiologist who in 2007 started studying the eye movements of top level athletes who have to aim. And she wanted to find what separated the, the professional athletes from the elite athletes who have to aim like tiger woods versus some other golfer you know what i mean right so she put these glasses on pro basketball players on the elite players to figure out what they were doing differently and she found that their eyes were much more still while they were aiming than everybody else's to take in uh so if i tell you to look at my hand your eyes are naturally going to jump all over the place between multiple focal points to take in the image. Mm -hmm. But if you shrink down that spot, they'll still be jumping around between multiple focal points, but it's within a much smaller area. And that's how these elite athletes are aiming. So rather than looking at the front of the rim, the elite guys will pick out a tiny spot on the front of the, of the rim. So their eyes are moving around less. They're more quiet. Their eyes get to that spot more quickly, stay on that spot longer, and then get off of that spot more quickly. So that's one of the things that I've applied. And I teach the quiet eye in my class, and I actually watch the eye movements of my students and teach them how to find that. And it helps you get in the elusive zone right. when you're shooting. I can honestly say... When I was in the military, I used to teach that to my, not teach it to my soldiers, but I used to say that all the time. Um, but you got to remember, too, being in the military um, and being infantry, we would have to aim at people. 
So I would tell them, don't look at the person, look at the pocket, look at the button or look at the patch, mm -hmm. whatever it is, they can identify on the person, but don't look at the person because it would be easier to acquire your image faster and do whatever you got to do because you're not processing as much. But right. that's pretty. And I never read that before. I never heard anybody say and that other than, you know, past instructors who would say that to me, focus on a spot, don't focus on the person. That's exactly what you were teaching is the quiet eye. And it's really interesting when you're able to apply the quiet eye during a stage, time seems to slow down. You're aware of all these little details that are totally irrelevant. Right. <laughs> you're just seeing so much more and processing so much more when you reach that level. Okay. So now you have the quiet eye. How does the quiet eye go into the movement process? How can you use those two together? You go where you look. So I'm okay. watching the movement of their eyes. I want their eyes to be moving less when they're aiming. And I want their eyes to take a direct path from one spot to the next spot, not be jumping around in between. Otherwise, you end up over swinging targets and things like that. Right. Um, so in layman's terms, we always hear people say, if you shoot a target, if you transition to the next target, lead with your eyes or look at the next target and bring the gun to it. Yes. All right. So, of course, you break that down to make it a better understanding. So it's just not people hearing the same regurg regurgitation time after time. Right. Oh. Another thing is when you're moving around on a stage, it's far more important to program your eyes where to go than to program your feet where to go. Because, again, you go where you look. And if you looked if you look directly where you have to go, that's going to eliminate any extraneous movements automatically. Okay. So when you just said that, I'm trying to think of an example of when I Racing. possibly done that. So have you I ever can't... raced a car? Not professionally, but yes. <laughs> so you look at where you need to go. If you start looking at anything else, you start going that way. Correct. You start moving that way. You can add extra steps to your stage without trying to because you're looking at something else instead of where you're going. Okay. So the mishap of. Let's say you're supposed to take a straight line, but yeah, you start you take swinging. sort of a curved path and then go back right. in and then without trying to end up adding steps to your stage. Hmm. Yeah. Like I said, just thinking about this, the concept of this is very interesting and. It's, I keep saying certain things are called next level performance. And that's what this sounds like to me. Yeah. This is, this sure. is something that will take you to the, the next it's step. It's a rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's, there's so much information. Hmm. So now how long is a class that you would teach? Two days. So two I days. have a two day basic course that teaches the fundamentals of movement. And then I have a one-day advanced class that gets a little more into the mental game and I have my students mess with each other a little bit to um, sort of learn how to bring pressure to their practice and mm -hmm. how to push through that in a match. Okay. And there is more advanced movement in that class as well. But yeah, they have totally. to have taken the first class. Okay, so now... Each class, they will be shooting, or is it just movement? 
or is it shooting at the end of the movement class? So you have to be shooting throughout the class because shooting affects the way you move. Correct. If you tell somebody to run from point A to point B, like they're just racing, they're going to be fast. As soon as you put in a, put a gun in their hands, they run like a pansy. Right. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that? Correct. Yes. <laughs> so there are times that I'll actually take away the gun if they're doing that where, oh, I have a gun in my hands. I have to be safe. And they're running like a pansy. I take the gun away and say, let's race. Mm-hmm. And then I slowly introduce steps back in. So they're running as fast as they were without the gun once I put the gun back in their hands. So is your student ratio more women or more men? Because it sounds like this would benefit more women more how's that because like we just stated about how a lot of women um run um for instance oh no men run like pansies all the time yeah i mean but yeah but (laughs) but more women you know i call it the process of a woman is trying to keep everything intact they think too much when they run so they don't really explode out or no i see that in both genders okay okay so but now do you have more men or more women that come I have more men more men okay. that being said i think i get more women in my classes than any other instructor hmm, okay okay just because i am a female instructor yeah i was going about to say that that will probably be at a plus side because women will probably want more instructions from another female so i'll usually so. have two two or three women out of eight my my class is cut off at eight. Okay. And that's a pretty high concentration for the shooting industry because it is, it's a male dominated industry. Yeah, that's true. Very true. So now who are some of the people who you have worked with um, as far as professional level? I've worked with Tim Heron. Uh, There are some people I've worked with that have asked me to keep it confidential and I'm going to respect that, but I'll tell you the ones I can tell you. I've worked with Tim Heron um, and Tim Heron also teaches classes. He's one of the only instructors who's a true coach, not just, Hey, I can shoot really awesome. Watch me shoot. And then you try to imitate me. No, he, he really understands it and can explain it in ways that you can relate to. Um, and actually another person who's a true coach would be Steve Anderson. He does the dry fire training courses, Mm -hmm. but there are very few true coaches in our sport. They're all just top level shooters who decide to teach, to support their habit. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Yeah. So I was with, um, Tim this past weekend and I'm going to be with Steve Anderson here in a couple weeks. Also great teachers. Correct. Uh, let's see who else in Estonia. I worked with Dimitri Eman of the Ipsic store and Eman tech. Um, he's one of the top shooters in Estonia. I worked with Paul Hags. He's a national champion of Australia. Um, South Africa. I worked with two of their national champions, Garrett, John Evans and, um, Grant Chancellor Madison. Uh, let's see, who else? I've I've trained some 
some top level guys in the US um, and brought people from being national champion to world level. Wow. Um, and I, I actually have one student I took from D class to A class in three months, just working with them regularly. And this was in USPSA or yeah, IDPA? That is like, dang, that's impressive right there. Three months, D to A? Yeah, well, I have this strange ability to see things that other people don't see. Right. So I see the inefficiencies and can explain how to fix it. And it takes off significant time. Hmm. Yeah, that, see now that now you captured my attention more. All right. So now um is this um a process that you just came up with? Did you go to school for it? Or did you just happen to say talk to somebody one day and it worked and you said, okay, I'm gonna stick with it? Uh well, I went to nursing school. I have my bachelor's degree and I actually worked with people um recovering from surgeries and things like that and helped them learn how to move more efficiently so they don't injure themselves. And I just took that understanding and applied it to the shooting sports. And from the outside looking in, I was a coach, not a shooter when I first started. So I had a unique perspective. So when I saw people moving around on a field course, I could see all the inefficiencies coming from the nursing background, the medical right. background. Hmm. Okay, so, wow, I'm still intrigued about the Delta to Alpha. <laughs> that is, well, I just worked with a guy in Texas. Um, he just took JJ's class, and JJ was doing the shoot two, reload, shoot two, and he wanted to get it down to two seconds. And uh, I happened to be there teaching a class, and I was staying on the range on mm -hmm. site. And he was there with his buddies and they were talking about how he could only get down to 211. And he thought, I mean, you could see that he was waiting for me to say something like 211 is really fast. And I was like, well, what messed up thing were you doing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so then oh. uh, he showed me what he was doing. He went and got his gear. And I found that when he grabbed his magazines, they were way up here in his hand. So he didn't have a lot of control over it. And I had him move it way down here and I drew a line with a permanent marker on the palm of his hand where the magazine should be held in his hand. So he has more control over it. Mm -hmm. And he got very close to the two seconds. Nice. With a little practice, he'll get it. Wow. He sped up his reloads a lot. Wow. And that's just, you know, biomechanical stuff that I understand from my degree. Yeah. You see, and a lot of people overlook that because I call it bad habits, you know, but if you have an eye to pick it up, that makes it even more remarkable because you can actually tell somebody, like you just said, Hey, you're grabbing this wrong. Something they probably never even thought about exactly. versus just putting it in the gun and pulling the trigger. That was And he doubted me when I told him you need to have that magazine here and not here. Hmm. He looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, just try it, man. And he did. And he <laughs> was like, Holy crap. That was yeah, fast. Wow. All right. So now, everybody who's listening, who's interested, how can people contact you or go to 
your social media and some such to look up or contact you as far as getting a class? They can email me at 180firearmstraining at gmail.com or go to my website, 180firearmstraining.com. Um, I'm also on Facebook as Kita Bussy, and I have a 180 Firearms training page on Facebook as well. On Instagram, I'm Kita Bussy. Wow, okay. So moving on, you went around the world training various competition shooters. Yes. Now, has anybody ever reached out to you like, police department, anything that you can talk about. If you can't talk about it, just say no. <laughs> but um, police yeah. department, military, um, contractors or anything that yeah. such. Oh, I just remembered someone else. New Zealand, Craig Osborne. Oh, <laughs> He's okay. the national champion of New Zealand. Right. Man, so that's really impressive right there. So how often do you give classes? Uh, about twice a month. Okay, so now, and I travel yeah. all over the world doing it. Yeah, so that, that's what makes it even more remarkable that um, the results that you're talking about with top level shooters. So there shouldn't be an excuse for anybody like on my level to say, "Oh, that doesn't work," or "That doesn't help me out any type way." you know so yeah and at the top guys are looking for just a tenth of a second here and there and they're happy if they get even that and i'm finding mm -hmm. ways to take a full second off their stage right at that very top level at the world level yeah so or more, depending on what they're doing yeah and you know like I've, I've heard people say this time and time again like you need to find the moments where you can shave like a tenth here two tenths there and then at the end of the stage you'll probably save about a second or two by combining all the times you shave but if you could shave off a lot more with the economy of motion just through your movement that is pretty much the game changer <laughs> yeah that's a game changer i mean you getting better at shooting of course it's a shooting sport that is the goal we all want want to be better at shooting right but Getting better at shooting, it's going to take a lot of time and a lot of effort to get any results. Once you get to a certain point, mm -hmm. you're not going to see those gains anymore in right. shooting. Mm -hmm. You're not going, I mean, maybe you'll get a tenth of a second here and there, but the real time comes off of movement, of the times in between, the dead time, right? the time not spent shooting. Hmm. Now, um, do you actually compete in the sport or do you just shoot it for fun just to be with somebody just to say, okay, look, I'll shoot this match with you and I'll observe you? Or do you just say, okay, I love shooting and let me just shoot it? I love shooting. So, yeah, yeah I right shoot. <laughs> All right. So now, um, what what do you actually shoot? Uh, right now, I'm shooting a Tanfoglio in production, 9mm. Uh, I'm switching to the CZ Shadow 2 fairly soon here. Everybody's going to the CZ. But I can't say I do like the trigger on the CZ. I, I can't yeah. honestly say that. Out of the yeah. box, that gun is so good. And my Tanfos are just kind of getting old. Had mm. them for years. Yeah, I was, I was about to say, how long have you been shooting it? Um, well, I've only been shooting competition for like two years. But mm. I had the guns before then and I'd you know play around. 
Hey, that's it. <laughs> I like how that sounds. Um, but yeah, like I said, I am interested in talking with you about taking a class with you because anything that can help. My goal is to win like a national championship or an area match. That's okay. my goal. Um, but right now I'm just a B class shooter. So, but not to say that a B class shooter can't win one of these matches or, you know, perform at that level. But that's that the is hardest my, class to get out of. Yeah. And that's what everybody keeps saying. And I just made it, what, a month and a half ago, two months ago. Yeah. I'm also like a B class shooter. Hey, <laughs> oh, you, you understand my struggles there. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. And it's so frustrating yeah. because I can, I mean, as a coach, I can see all the things I'm doing wrong and then mm -hmm. trying to fix it is so frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, so now, do you actually like record yourself and analyze yeah. yourself, or do you have somebody else look at you and do what you do for everybody? Uh, both. Mm. I mean, I've sent my videos out to people to get feedback from them. Um, I just put so much of my effort into other people. I don't put that same effort into myself. Because to me, it's rewarding to have one of my students go and win an area match or a nationals or a world shoot. Where for me, like, it's more like I just shoot for fun because I like it. Right, right. And so it's more like, hey, I helped that guy get get there, and that's the results of what I can do. I rep so. I put all of my effort into my students and not enough into myself. Right. Wow. Like I am. Wow. So I am actually fascinated with the science approach of um, sports. And I was introduced to it when I was in the military and it was a new concept, but everything back then was when I first started coming into this was how do you think about it? How do you handle this? And the stressors and shooting are nothing more than time and performance because nobody wants to mess up. Everybody wants to do it fast, but how can you do it fast? more efficient and smooth, right? So like I said, that's appealing to me, interesting to me. Yeah, in my advanced class, I talk about the performance bubble. So it's mm, sort of, you... it's sort of setting reasonable goals mm. and knowing how and where to set your goals and how to reach them. So your performance bubble is if you think of a circle, the top half is positive, the bottom half is negative. Positive means everything goes right. Your gun ran, the weather was perfect. You're in good physical condition. Everything's awesome. On the bottom, in the negative, it's, uh, I don't know, maybe your slide stop broke in half <laughs> on a stage, or uh, maybe you feel a little under the weather, or maybe you torqued your knee on a stage, you know, environmental factors, maybe it was pouring rain, things mm. that you have no control over, but you can be prepared for. You want to make sure you have an extra slide stop if you're shooting a CZ, you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> so, man. Bring your rain gear with you. And then where this performance bubble lands is going to be how you place in the match. So if you're a newer shooter, you're, that circle is going to be, you know, and this circle is going to encompass, let's say your goal is 
first place, then where is first place within your circle? Right. You want to think about that. So if you're a new shooter, your performance bubble is going to be above getting DQ'd, just being safe through the match. Mm-hmm. Once you're able to do that, it moves up a little bit to not including last place. <laughs> right. You don't want to finish last. Then maybe as you move up, it'll be winning your class or maybe it's I want to shoot a penalty free match, whatever your goal may be. And if everything goes right, you're going to finish in a certain place. If everything goes wrong, you'll be in a different place. You know what I mean? But it's all inside that same bubble. So what I tell people to do is if your goal is first place, you're not going to put that performance bubble right on the number one, because if you do and things go wrong inside that bubble also includes second place, third place, fourth place, fifth place on the bottom half and the top half of the bubble is a margin above first place. So that's when you everything goes right and you win by a margin of, let's say, 10%. The second place person is 10% behind you. So that's where the top half of the bubble is. So if you put your performance bubble right on first place, you're allowing yourself to accept up to fifth place as a possibility. So instead, if you take that performance bubble and move it up above the margin, then even if you fail, you will still win. Right. And then we talk about how to get yourself there. Hmm. What things need to happen for you to have your bubble there. Now, I um, the only time I've ever said I was going to win something is when I was doing jiu-jitsu, like when I competed in jiu-jitsu, because I was literally saying it for six months. I'm going to win this match. I'm going to win this match. And I eventually ended up winning the match. But when it comes to shooting, if I express my goal to somebody in shooting, I always say I want to come in the top 5% overall or I want to place at least in the top 10. You know, something like that is realistic goals. I don't, I'm going to win this overall, right? Because that one mistake can crush that dream, you know, and then it's too many variables with shooting that one second can cause a train wreck to happen yes. versus jujitsu. Um, there is no in between. There's only first, second and third versus with shooting that transition can make that big of a difference, you know? Well, let's say we have a D class shooter who just started shooting and they say they want to win an area match. Is that a realistic goal? No, not at all. (laughs) It's not a realistic goal today, but it Mm. can be a realistic long-term goal, but then they have to do the work to get there and they have to have a plan to reach that goal. Correct. So if you were doing your homework, you knew you could win it because you were prepared. Right. So So it's pretty much the same thing. Drawing the roadmap to success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah, I'm curious of it, but I got to start off on your basic course before we go to yeah. the advanced course. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So once again, um, how can the good people get in contact with you? 
180firearmstraining at gmail.com is my email. My website is 180firearmstraining.com. On Facebook, I'm Kita Bussy. I also have a Facebook page that's 180firearmstraining. On Instagram, I'm Kita Bussy. All right, good people. So there you heard it. If you're looking for next level performance, this could be your ticket. This is something I'm going to venture into because the class that I took this weekend with Tim Heron, I realized some things, but also I understand this goes in conjunction with something else. And through conversation, I figured movement is probably that one piece that I need to make everything click as one. So once again, um, Kita, I really do appreciate you coming on to the MW Tactical Podcast, and I plan on staying in touch with you. Awesome. I look forward to having you in class. All right. Thank you again. Thank you. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm going to be. Come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. The Gun Cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you can still carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another and you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com thank you for taking the time to hang out with us on the m-w tactical podcast remember a new podcast comes out every tuesday if you cannot wait for tuesday go and listen to past episodes to catch up on what you missed Make sure you visit www.m-wtactical.com and see what all is offered on the site where you can't even purchase M-W Tactical Apparel. But please go to our Facebook and Instagram page and follow us on our journey in the sport of competition shooting and the realm of the 2A community. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun.